show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the rage breaks out in Columbia. It is good. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. It's gone. Touchdown. What a hit. He makes it in. You're your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined the dance All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. We are live and always now and forever part of the Chief Sports Network. Make sure you have downloaded the all-new Chief Sports app to watch and listen to our program. I will not Uh-oh. wait any longer. Just let's break, go. We got to go. Break, with this. The breaking news is out. There will be no more intro. I'll stop there. We'll come back later. This is, I will let JC take it from here. This has been coming for a while, JC, as you have well known, but South Carolina has officially landed per Hayes Fawcett, five star edge rusher Dylan Stewart. Take it away. Told you guys. That's a pimp job by JC Shoot. When the big dog's barking, man. Anyway. Yeah. Dylan Stewart. Now I don't I don't know that I expected him to commit today, but wow. Like I said, and out of that visit, it was as good of a visit as they possibly could get. I know the plan they have in place for him. Kind of funny that Brian Doan today switches his crystal ball amazingly suddenly. Uh, and that's twice in a row the Gamecocks have beaten Ohio State on a defensive end that's pretty highly regarded from the D.C. area. Yes. And and, and if you know anything about the history of recruiting, and, and a lot of people, that, that kind of sounds aloof or arrogant of me, if you know anything. But if, if people that have followed recruiting from back in the day, and we have a younger crowd that maybe didn't, um, Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach at Ohio State, has a history of going into D.C., Maryland, and getting guys. Uh, when he was at Penn State under Joe Paterno, they made a living. Um, and if you look at a map, State College, Pennsylvania is just like immediately due north of Baltimore, D.C., so it's it's closer than people think. Um, but uh, to beat him on two defensive linemen two years in a row. Uh, Sterling Lucas, who certain 
Uh, I mean, I didn't know how Sterling was going to recruit having been in the NFL, but other people, some people sort of, uh, you know, maybe thought they should have gone in a different direction. They hired Sterling and he's only landed Umi Azulu, Nick Harbor, and this kid in uh, the short time he's been here. So yeah, hats off to Sterling Lucas. Hats off to Taylor Edwards, who we've had on this show, the director of player personnel, uh, who came from Maryland, familiar with the area, uh, has emphasized it. Um, you know, hats off to uh, uh, Clayton White, defensive staff, uh, everybody involved, really. Pete, Pete Limbo, who's the area coordinator. To go in and win that battle for that kid and to do it right now and to shut it down, that shows you where it was at. And I told you guys, look, all the ups and downs of Jonathan Paler and, you know, Al, Adam's kid going, staying home and going to Virginia Tech and, you know, the concern about Daniel Hill and all that. The information on Stewart never changed. Right. Never changed. So, yeah. Well, so so let's get let's get into some of the the specifics that people are going to be asking. Number one, what is this going to do for the twenty twenty four class ranking? Right up front, right here. What what will it do? Oh, it's probably going up uh, quite a bit because um, it's uh, the the class rankings are based on a bell curve, and uh, the higher ranked guys end up getting, uh, you know, end up weighing more. So that's uh, that's the deal there, and um, so they got. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'll actually. Can, can you guys talk for a second? I can actually sure. look it up and tell. Absolutely, uh, we have this thing on thebigspur.com called the class calculator. I named that by the way when we came up with it at twenty four seven. What do we call it? Prognosis. Like, how about let's use some alliteration and call it the class calculator, guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> class, class calculator is pretty cute. Well, two, it brings about two thirty eight point five one, which I'm going to the handy dandy team rankings now. Uh, two thirty eight point five one brings them up to above Miami, below Oklahoma, to number sixteen in the country from twenty four. So did they jump eight spots, and they will have like one of the lowest number of total commits in that top sixteen. So right. Right. So this also, JC, this, uh, again, this is something that we've been expecting for a while. I've, of course, I receive a lot of my information from you and we often say, Hey, just calm down. Good things are coming. There's more good news, more than likely down the road as well as, uh, some crystal balls being put in for Jalua Solomon, but focusing on the commitment of Dylan Stewart, you just mentioned, um, you know, the, you know, hats off to the staff at South Carolina for getting this young man in the boat. This is now consecutive classes with one of the best players in the country. Um, this is also a big time signal. I mean, everybody stop, pause and think about this for just a second here. Nick Harbor coming from the DC area. You think about everybody that South Carolina beat for that young man. They got him. He's on campus. He's he, on Friday. He's going to practice with South Carolina football. This guy was 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 according to all the national analysts a heavy or at least a lean to Ohio State. South Carolina just took Dylan Stewart from Ohio State. And there's a young another young man down the road who they currently lead for running back Daniel Hill and they've got a great chance at landing him as it stands today as well. They would beat Alabama for him. 
I mean, I'm not sure what other signals this staff can do. There might be folks that continue to want to complain about some position in recruiting and this, that, and the other, but sweet Jesus, JC. I mean, what Shane Beamer and his staff are doing, they're going after the big-time guys. They're going to miss on some, but they're landing their fair share. That's really never happened around here at the rate in which it's happening. Well, and Jamie, it's such a position of need too, because when you look at the numbers and you know, sort of the spots where anytime there's a coaching transition, you're going to lose numbers, and even with the portal, you know, you're still like, man, you know, these guys have some 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 dudes kind of lined up in the in the younger classes, uh, like T.J. Sanders and Xavier McLeod, Nick Barrett. Uh, even Boogie's got another year at, at tackle. Um, but you look at the ends, and it's just kind of like, well, you think Barre's now gone, Sterling's now gone, Strong will be gone after this year, Burt's transferred out. You know, you, you're, you're looking for that edge rusher. And and this guy is a guy who's the top target on their board uh, at any, you know, uh, for any position, uh, just because right. of the need. And um, – South Carolina did a great job building a relationship with them the whole time. Um, I never bought the Ohio State stuff. Uh, I know Ohio State probably thought it would be pretty easy to beat old South, little old South Carolina on this kid. And, uh, I know NIL was a factor, but kind of just like with Nick Harbor, South Carolina's competitive in that area and creative and, and all that. And, you know, Park Avenue and the resources that they – uh, provide for players of this magnitude uh, is very attractive. Um, and look, man, uh, you know, South Carolina has not gotten in the composite era. And, and really, I don't count it. I don't count Chris Culliver as an out-of-state five-star uh, at all. I don't count the JUCOs. I mean, because I, there just wasn't a consensus on those guys. This is a second straight consensus five-star prospect, not from the state of South Carolina to commit to the Gamecocks. Now, let's go back in time and uh, talk about our neighbors in the upstate. What happened with them? Because they were getting – they would get a five-star in-state like Ricky Sapp or whoever. They got C.J. Spiller. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next thing you know, well, they turn around and they get uh, Sammy Watkins. And, 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 you know, even though Jamie Harper was not – ended up not being a five-star player, Jamie Harper, you know, and – and then that turned into that turned into every kid in Florida, you know, <laughs> wasn't looking yeah. at them. And so you have to start somewhere. I know uh, we live in an impatient world, and everybody wants to get every five star right away. But uh, you start landing the out of state fives, and, and and other fives take notice. And you know you're already dominating the state. And you know th- this kid is a special, special talent. Uh, and really, it's been the I don't care what anybody else says. It's been the Gamecocks start to finish. Um, I know our friend Brad said Miami was making a move. Well, I, Miami's not making a move when they're all their NIL money is about to go out the door. Um, right. I'm sure people say that. And Dylan's a good kid and probably uh, – I'm not going to say he told other coaches what they wanted to hear, but he's probably polite, and so people get different vibes. But South Carolina has been the, in the driver's seat for this one uh, since the end of last year. And right. so I, 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 that's why I never worried. I never wavered uh, a kid of this magnitude. You, you never know. So you never just sit there and just throw, put all your chips in the middle. But, um, 
you know, kind of wish I would have now. But anyway, uh, I think that's a, it's a big time pickup. It's as big as it gets. Uh, everybody's always worried about recruiting and, and all when you go through one of those laws, but this makes it, uh, makes it, uh, sweet. So it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. So good, big commitment. I didn't expect him to just commit, you know, I, I, I thought we'd get on here and, you know, he talk, we talk about him trending and whatever. And the, the 24 seven guys finally got on board with the crystal ball, but, uh, for him to turn around and commit like that. So it's good. Uh, the Buck Nuts host was on this one, Dan Rubin. I know Dan. Well, that's all I'm going to say. I know Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like Dan when I worked with him, but uh, he, he's just, uh, I'm sure people in Columbus are a little stunned by this. Well, you know, and and they're they're one of the one of the big time fan bases out there that is once again stunned by something that Shane Beamer and his staff are doing. His welcome home tweet is phenomenal, by the way. Is uh, Shane Beamer speaking of recruiting? Hale McGranahan's coming up in fifteen minutes, and so oh, yeah. he'll certainly uh, be able to fill in uh, to this conversation. Mike Morgan with Power Hour coming up at noon today. His new spot on Inside the Gamecocks, the show that will be uh, twice weekly here during our programming. But yeah, it, it is a uh, Really couldn't have been better for us as we come on the air. The news breaks about Dylan Stewart, which is selfishly really neat. But at the same time, again, you know, this is a kid who I, th- I think, JC, uh, as those who have, uh, like you, who've covered this, you know, head to toe locally, been all over it from start to finish. Uh, I know that some a lot of people, when they hear things like that, you know, they certainly get a little bit skeptical because they don't know. We've seen it time and time again with the big names go elsewhere and um but and and the rest of the country you know following this recruiting as far as the national analysts go you know i'm i'm sure it was hard for them to to in their minds once again say well i just don't see it why on earth would he go there over here here and here and everywhere else you know at some point in time though a lot of these guys will probably have to start reconsidering some of their assessments when they're covering these guys Phil you've talked about that a lot around here um Shane Beamer and his staff are earning respect on the recruiting trail and, and you got to give it to them oh, yeah i mean you know doing the work <laughs> for sure yeah. yeah i mean look i think I, I, and it is like it's that domino effect you know and kind of JC hinted at that it was like you get one and then the other ones start paying attention Shane Beamer even said it when Nick Harbour committed i mean that's uh, exactly his words is you get one next thing you know your phone's blowing up and then you got big names calling you and wanting to be a part of something special and every one of these kids wants to be a part of something special and what we've got going on right now uh, what the program is doing in South Carolina is definitely qualifying something special. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, everybody talks about recruiting. So, at the end of the day, let's chalk it up. And, look, Hill and Paler still have decisions to make. And uh, there is a 2026 quarterback in Duckworth um, making a decision soon. I think it, I think it will be the Gamecocks, to be honest, there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what what have the Gamecocks really lost if they get Lewis Solomon and Daniel Hill and then even if they miss on Paler, as I expect them to do, um, what have they lost? Well, they lost Peyton Lewis at running back, but, eh, you know, Tennessee's closer. So, so really the, the losses are going to be the ones that sting. The Adams kid who was a silent commit 
saying I'm going to Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. uh, and in his press conference, you know, he uh, say looked pretty happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then Paler, who unfortunately they've led on for a while. Well, well, let's back up for a minute and, and forget about what that means for the class ranking and all that good stuff because they're both four-star kids and would have made that ranking higher. But what did you really lose? You lost a kid that's a lot like Kelton Henderson for this year's class uh, in, in Paler. Uh, and I love Paler. Uh, I mean, look, he's the next Naheem Hines if he goes to NC State, right? I'm going to be clear about that. I'm not knocking the kid. I'm just saying, you know, you don't have a Dylan Stewart right now. You know, you don't know if Desmond Umiazulu has that kind of upside yet, you know, or, or if Rames comes back. Uh, but but you sort of have a guy like Paler. You have a couple of them here and there. Tyshawn Russell could be more like that guy too. And you have an Adams, you know, um, the other guy named C.J. Adams, who you got from Pebble Brook in Georgia, a lot like him. Uh, not You know, you have smooth receivers. South Carolina loves their young receivers they have. You know, so if you're going to take a hit, it's better to take a hit at a spot where hmm, you got other guys. You know, you miss on Stewart, and it was told to me, hey, there's really nobody else out there. Yeah. Uh, that's not really very much so developmental and that, you know, Stewart, Stewart or bust. So, um, and then you can't help it. So you also lost uh, a bunch of defensive tackles to Georgia sure. and, and, and it went in and it's basically it, it, the, the guy, some of the guys with Georgia had offered for a while. It didn't surprise me, but losing the, the three-star kid from Atlanta, uh, Quantavius, whatever his name is, that stung because I didn't expect Georgia to go on him. And then I've talked about Nick Bokeh from North Carolina. The, 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 the kid, he only played football a year. He's 335 pounds. That's normally not the type of kid Georgia reaches on. However, in the spirit of Jordan Davis, who was a three-star offensive lineman out of Charlotte, they got and became one of the most dominant nose tackles I've ever seen. That's probably the line of thought there. And you lose like four or five to Georgia – it means you're recruiting pretty good guys, but, uh, you know, maybe you need some backup plans. And and I think the dogs sort of outmaneuvered them, and, and it was unexpected on Carolina's part that Georgia would take all those guys this year. So uh, you take it, and, and you rock and roll, and um, go from there. And Paler is still communicating with the Gamecock staff. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to say NC State until I get um, another another word on that one. But um, anyway, so there we go. What, uh, I think that's good. Quite a morning for Gamecock football. Five-star defensive end Dylan Stewart has officially and publicly committed to South Carolina. He is the third highest ranked recruit ever to commit to the Gamecocks. Jadevion Clowney, Jordan Birch, one and two on that list. It is amazing. The top three all-time all-edge rushers. Uh, for Gamecock football. We do need to step aside for a quick timeout. We have Hale McGranahan due up in just a moment. Good timing for him. Mike Morgan, Power Hour, begins at 12 o'clock as well. It's going to be a fun day around here. Tell your friends and make sure that they have all downloaded the all-new Chief Sports app. Hang tight. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com in Georgia and in South Carolina. They'll paint anything you've got, including your cat from border to border. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. We'll be right back. Welcome home 
That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. That's the tunnel he'll be running out of right there. 
at Williams Wright yeah. Stadium here before long. Dylan Stewart, big news this morning. Uh, Hale McGranahan, Phil, just let us know when he jumps in, and we'll make sure to plug yeah. him right in here. But uh, yeah, wow, wow, big news again. It, <laughs> As you pointed out, JC, just a minute ago, this is for a while. We, we've all felt like this is coming. You've had more information than pretty much anybody out there. Um, but still a little bit surprising to literally be cutting our mics on, as as Dylan Stewart posted uh, to Twitter, that he was committed to South Carolina. By the way, I think that actually says something. You know, he didn't wait around and do some big shebang at his school and throw hats around and, you know, run out of smoke and sign autographs and make videos. And maybe he's got a video coming. Who knows? But he just said, I'm committed to South Carolina. And so I think that um, I don't know. I JC, let me put it this way. I don't think it was very close at all, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's – I think this gap has been – pretty wide and he finally said let's i mean that's where i'm going it is what it is i'm humble about it let's do it and he did yeah they shut it down um uh, and it's a good thing they shut it down i mean it's uh it's a lot like zach pickett's in that recruitment in my opinion whereas nick harbour probably went a little more like as far as time frame not how he handled at the end but jordan birch where it's going to go right down to the wire. Um, I was told and felt that, that Dylan would probably make a decision before the season. I didn't. I didn't expect it on August first, but uh, that's probably intentional to try to try to you know Shane in his and Shane did send a welcome home tweet for this. Um, it's uh, and thanks to Gamecock Traditions, by the way, for retweeting our tweet. And saying, uh, check us out. You know, that's uh, that's nice of them. Um, I just saw that come across on Twitter. Now's the time to check out the show. But uh, I didn't expect it at this point in time. I did expect it before the season. But, hey, practice starts tomorrow. If you're a player like Dylan and you love football and you want to get in there and just uh, start working with your team and getting better and concentrating on the game, now's as good a time as any. I actually wish more kids would wrap it up. Uh, by August, and we'd have very few commitments in the month of August uh, just because, you know, everybody's practicing with their team at this point, and this August time on the high school and college level, it's critical, uh, you know. and uh, But uh, unfortunately, these days, whereas we used to not get a whole lot of commits in August, it, it's starting to become more prevalent, you know, 12 months out of the year. But, you know, so I guess it makes sense if, if you're Dylan Stewart, you know where you want to go, practice is starting. Uh, no sense dragging it out. Um and now South Carolina has another uh, outstanding young defensive end that's going to join the, the program next year uh, to join Desmond Umiazulu. And, uh, shoot, I think Jason's year has two more years. Uh, so they, 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 they're, they're getting there uh, at defensive end. Need more, no doubt about it. But uh, it doesn't get any bigger than, than the player that at least won uh, rankings network thought was the number one player in the country, at least for a spell. So that's uh, that's huge, as they'd say, huge. huge. Yeah, he's the, he's the 13th overall player in the country for those that maybe haven't heard the numbers exactly. Uh, he's actually, according to uh, 24-7, the third highest ranked edge rusher in the country uh, behind Elijah Rushing. Boy, that's a name to be an edge rusher uh, who actually is committed to Arizona. 
And then Jordan Ross, who right now is uncommitted, but he's out of Birmingham, Alabama, so it's hard to believe he'll leave that state. And then there is uh, Dylan Stewart right there at number three. These will probably change again before the uh, are kind of wrapped up, J.C., what, sometime next February or whenever it is. But nonetheless, he's, according to the rankings, a top 15 player. And I can tell you this, and I know you can tell us this as much as anybody, and when Hale gets in here in a second, he'll tell us too. Uh, the staff at South Carolina thinks he's the number one rusher in college football, regardless of what any rankings say out there. Uh, and, and they feel like uh, all you got to do is cut on the tape to prove that. Absolutely. I mean, the tape doesn't lie, man. And, you know, you mentioned uh, – all right, so right now Dylan Stewart provided his signs of South Carolina, just to put it in perspective, uh, third highest rated uh, per composite recruit in program history behind Clowney and Birch, and only one one-hundredth of a point behind Birch. Birch was 99.954. Dylan is .9953. Uh, he's actually tied with Marcus Lattimore. Marcus Lattimore was .9953 as well. So uh, splitting hairs, but this is one of the biggest commits in, in program history. And um, the fact that it's out of state speaks volumes. The fact that it's in a class two where – you have two franchise offensive tackles. I mean, you start thinking about the lines of scrimmage. Now they got they got work to do at D tackle, no doubt. You think about the lines of scrimmage here in a few years. It's it's going to be everybody talks about SEC level. It's going to be SEC level, I think, uh, quickly. So that's uh, this is a big one. This this is the biggest one on the board, folks. So everybody could just go home until <laughs> December. It's, yeah, the, the show's over. This is like the Rolling Stones opening for Smashing Pumpkins in the nineties. I mean, you know, it, it, you may you can stick around and see Smashing Pumpkins all you want, but the show has come and gone. So that's uh, that, that's it there. But that's this was a big one, and um, uh, it certainly with this on top of the Lane commit, and then maybe Solomon later this week. It uh, everybody talks about recruiting momentum, but it kind of reverses it. Uh, I think uh, obviously with that, uh, that level of commitment. Well, let's bring Hale in. He's, he's, he's just waiting here. Let's see. There he is. Owen oh, Hale. Hell yeah. My granite. Did you give us a hell yeah. When the, uh, Dylan Stewart news broke, I know you're a journalist, so you're not supposed to pull for anybody, but it makes your life a little easier, huh? I was actually out, uh, doing a run slash mostly walk and, uh, Nice. <laughs> I, fortunately, I was really close to my house, so when I saw Sterling Lucas retweet uh, the the tweet from Hayes Fawcett, I was like, "Oh shit, I got to run now." So I like sprinted at home. Yeah. And, and uh, well, we go. Hale, we mentioned you earlier, Hale McGranahan with the Big Spur, for those uh, who maybe are tuning in from somewhere across the country that don't pull uh, for the Gamecocks or something like that. You might just be seeing us on YouTube. Welcome. Um, Hale, uh, JC mentioned uh, just a little while ago that I mean, South Carolina has felt very strongly about this young man for quite some time, but it was a little surprising, especially right as we came on the air, to see the news break that he did it today on yeah. August the 1st. Yeah, certainly one anticipating it happening this quick. You know, he had said in the past that, it, you know, some point in August or maybe even September, um, behind the scenes, uh, there was talk that he'd be doing something, uh, you know, on TV, and, and it certainly wasn't on August 1st. So 
you know, we we'd heard a lot of good things coming out of the, this past weekend, and just continued what we've been hearing for for a while with Stewart in South Carolina, and and yeah, when when <laughs> when the crystal balls came in this morning from from Brian Doan and Steve Wolfong after they changed them from Ohio State, um, you know, folks certainly got excited on the big spur, um, but again, I I don't think anybody was. <laughs> Would, except for maybe a small circle of folks, I guess. But yeah, surprised that, that it he went ahead and, and and made the move today. Not going to sit here and try to dance around that. Yeah, that was that was quite a surprise for sure. And uh, yeah, I think I think folks can put the whole whole narrative of, of South Carolina struggling on the recruiting trail to bed, uh, at least for now. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Uh, got JC Hale. Uh, will he enroll in December or January? Is he an early enrollee? I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I think so. Hell, okay. you heard anything about that, buddy? Yeah, I, 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 that's a good question. I need to figure that out. I, I hadn't uh, – I don't know. I think <laughs> Good it seems like I heard he is. So I, you know, I, and look, these things kind of sometimes they go back and forth. Sometimes you'll these days, like it used to be, oh, you, you knew right away he'll roll early or not. These days, so much, uh, you know, impacts that. Uh, and uh, you'll have guys that are going to enroll, and they're like, oh no, I can't because of this, that, and the other. Oh, I really want to go to prom. I assume he's an early enrollee, though. I'm pretty okay. Pretty sure I'll do the same thing Desmond Umiazulu did. So we will see. All right. All right, guys. It, it, you talk, You hear this. We've had this conversation for a couple of weeks. And, Hale, we do want to talk to you about practice. It does open up on Friday. We'll get there in a minute. But uh, impact freshman, as it pertains to Dylan Stewart, how, how would you describe him as a freshman? Is he a guy that you think, yeah, he's going to walk right in and it, it's they're going to they're gonna put him on the field? Is he that type of player? I think he would be an impact freshman this fall if he could graduate that early wow. from high school. <laughs> he's legit, man. I'm not just like saying this because sure. I'm yeah. trying to hype people up. Like he's a badass. Like that guy is so good. Um, yeah, he he would he would why play, he would play why? Yeah, what what makes it what makes him that to you? He's just uh, got the size, got the speed, the strength. Super twitchy. I mean, his production is is really good. I mean, he's just a really good player. Just look at his highlights. I mean, I, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to watch that guy play and be like, oh, yeah, he's he's a really good defensive end. Like, it, it's a no-brainer five-star. Like, I heard you guys talking before you brought me on how Carolina staff has thought he's the top defensive end in, in, in his class for a while. Like, that goes back all the way to, to last summer when – when he showed up to one of the O-line D-line camps and, and I'm hearing about uh, how, how excited the staff is about having the, the top defensive end in his class in that day to come work out. And uh, he just, he looks apart, man. He plays apart. You know, it, it's pretty simple. Sometimes uh, when, when it comes to evaluating recruits or football players, whatever, like if they look like a football player and make plays like a football player, then, that there's not really anything else that needs to be said. Like he's just, he checks all those boxes as a defensive end. And, and, you know, I, I think maybe part of, part of what I was saying, like he could come in and play this fall and, and, and make an impact. It's probably a little bit uh, because South Carolina's got some, 
some issues at that particular position, um, which again speaks to how big this is for the 2024 class and, and moving forward for Carolina. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, JC. No, I, I agree. And he's a no brainer for me because he's got, he's got what I call uh, a little uh, Panther in him. It's kind of, kind of sound like Ricky Bobby a little bit here, but uh, uh, defensive ends get down crouched like a Panther and they'll pounce all over you. You know, that sounds like something Ricky Bobby would say. Oh, a Panther, Panther, or what was it? A Cougar, Cougar, daddy, Cougar. But uh, he's a Panther, you know, and uh, you watch him and he bends so well and then you know, crouches and is, you know, that's a Panther term, a crouch. Uh, crouches and then shoot, there he goes. And like Hale said, naturally strong. Hand violence is elite. Um, people are asking, does he play better competition than Jordan Burks? I don't think he plays better football teams than Jordan Birch. I think he plays a lot better athletes. How about that? Um, sure. And there yeah. are some better football teams up there that would probably have beaten Hammond. But, uh, uh, you know, the Skiza teams are, are very good teams. They're just not full of athletes. So uh, the athletic competition is much bigger. But, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a no-brainer. Uh, no idea why he's behind some other guys now, but that's just kind of – I mean, we could, we could say he uh, – it's because he committed to the Gamecocks, but uh, that's not true. And he, you know, cause they all thought he was going to Ohio State, so I don't know why he dropped. But uh, big pickup for the Gamecocks, obviously. The uh, tweet here a few minutes ago from Brad Crawford. Uh, Brad Crawford tweeted, I'm just going to read it, five-star Gamecocks commit Dylan Stewart told Brian Don that he's done talking with other schools and will not go on other visits. Quote, I'm done. I guess he's done, Hale. Um, sure. Guys, how how about how about this DMV pipeline? I mean, this is really remarkable. Is the only word I can really come up with right now. I said it last yep, year. They yeah. need to create a spur for the DC Metro right down to Columbia because <laughs> get on just that keep now, speedy train. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, a, so this guy insane. and Braylon Lee uh, in this class, four-star defensive back already. You know, uh, from the DMV. I think, uh, Hale, I think that's it for DMV targets for this class. Am I correct in saying that? Well, yeah, let's say you flip somebody from from somewhere else. So there have been a handful of guys that they, they were in on, but right. I, I don't even, I, I off the top of my head, I can't even recall too many of, of those, those, you know, type of guys. Um, yeah, the flippers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think much about flipping anymore. It's kind of a – with the portal and stuff, it seems like teams just move on. Yeah, yeah. Between, yeah, between the portal and maybe like NIL being a thing, like I've I've kind of hypothesized that it might be just generally speaking, it might be harder to flip a guy from a school because, you know, chances are there there's things that have been ironed out from an NIL standpoint, and it might be hard to to get a guy to, to you know, have second thoughts um, – you know, again, just generally speaking, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Well, for, hey, guys, Fred Johnson is from Norfolk as well. Um, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the DMV, but it's 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 in the area. So, I mean, they're, they're, that whole area up there, they're going up and they're getting players. Did I, did I hear – JC, did you say this at one point in time? Is Columbia the closest SEC program to that area? Is that true? Yeah, it, and it depends. Like, okay, so if you get in some of the – Northern Virginia suburbs out toward uh, 
gosh, because you get on 81 and go down towards Blacksburg and Lexington where VMI's at, you pass Harrisonburg and JMU, those areas are closer to Knoxville because if you take 81 all the way in, you get to Knoxville. But uh, most of the, the DMV and all of the 757, uh, by, by a good margin, South Carolina is the closest. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, yeah, 757 is Virginia Beach. It's southeastern Virginia. So it's uh, Virginia Beach, Norfolk. Norfolk, that's how they say it. They either say Norfolk. Like they're from Boston or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they say Norfolk or they say Norfolk. Uh, you know, Hampton Roads. That that you know, Michael Vick, EJ Manuel, Allen Iverson. Name your great athlete that came from that area. But um, and North Carolina's had success there. Um, so mm-hmm. cracking that nut would be huge for the Gamecocks. Um, and, and speaking of North Carolina, look, uh, maybe I was wrong about this because I, I thought it was a little unrealistic, but. I always thought, well, man, if they can't recruit North Carolina, they're screwed because where are you going to go get four- and five-star talent? You're, you're not going to go beat Georgia head-to-head on guys right away. You're, you're not going to Florida most of the time and get guys. You know, where are you going to go? Well, you can go North Carolina because you know, there's not a lot of great, historically great football programs there. Well, they've just skipped right over North Carolina and gone up to, to, to our nation's capital full of piss and vinegar and beating a bunch of schools on a bunch of guys. So – that 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 makes the whole North Carolina thing null and void because I actually, if you're talking about quality of prospect, I like the guys from the seven five seven and DMV a little better than, than a lot of your North Carolina kids. No offense to them. So I, I think you know the the plan at South Carolina, what they're doing has always been kind of my dream plan. Hale, like I, like if I were if I had my way and they were realistically able to accomplish it, this is exactly what I'd do. I'd recruit Miami to Miami up to Maine. And then dabble out west, and do the, and then try to just piece together players from everywhere, and that seems like what they're doing. Yeah, and it, and it helps when when you got a bunch of stud offensive linemen in your backyard, which is hardly ever the case mm-hmm. in this state. So, uh, it it has been a good time to recruit the state of South Carolina, uh, if for no other reason because of that one. Like, you know. You, you can find players, you know, in, in Florida and Georgia and, and all those other states, but traditionally you can't really find offensive linemen in South Carolina. And that certainly hadn't been the case in this 24 cycle or even the, the 2023 cycle as well. So um, I would say Beamer and, and the staff have, have had, had a, a little bit of luck that way, because again, it, it's just not always the case. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's, any any luck involved with, with what they've done? That's just straight getting it done and and, and going and signing some guys and, and and getting this roster improved in in a lot of different areas and, and a lot of critical areas, of course, as well. With, with the line of scrimmage sort of being yeah. you know chief among them, then of course quarterback as as well. That's it. You nailed it right there. I mean, that's where I was going. I and mean, we, how many times have we had this conversation? The four of us together and 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 one offs sitting in a bar or talking on the phone. You you cannot win at an elite level in the SEC or across the country for that matter, unless you're elite in the trenches, you can't do it. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there's no better example of themselves back when they were playing well under coach Spurrier winning 40, you know, what, what was it? 42 games in, in four years. Or um, you look right up the road at the team in the upstate, you know, they were really, really, really good. They became elite when they were elite in the trenches 
yeah, they had an elite quarterback. You know, South Carolina feels like they've recruited a couple of those guys, to be to be quite frank, frank with everybody. So, um, yeah, and now, and now you got this class with two offensive tackles. They they think these guys are going to come in next year and they're going to play. Uh, that, that's that's a, I've got a great source on that. And then this kid, as you just pointed out, would probably play now if he was at South Carolina as a seventeen-year-old. Is really remarkable. What else? We pointed out last week going into the cookout that the twenty twenty-two cookout, six of the seven prospects that were there as part of the 23 class ended up committing to South Carolina and signing with the Gamecocks. Now coming out of this cookout, Dylan Stewart has led off with some really good news. Is there more good news, at least in your opinion, in the near future for Gamecock football? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. No doubt about it. I mean, I don't know how you could say it any better than that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as it relates to recruiting, absolutely. We'll see how the actual team looks on Friday uh, when, when you know, football's starting to, to get played again. But, uh, yeah, I'm recruiting. There, I mean, it's uh, we, we've talked about it on the site. Things are looking uh, good. Th- things are looking pretty good. You know, obviously you got to uh, get to the finish line on some guys. But uh, think the outlook is positive. And, uh, and I think folks are, are probably about to – start getting real excited again and probably uh, get closer to maybe some unrealistic expectations, more so that end of the spectrum than the, like, doom and gloom, the world is ending, like, what are we doing type of vibes that have been going around the last few weeks or so. If they get Solomon and Hill and somehow find a way to get keep Paler in the fold, this fan base is going to be ready to explode, but barring something bad happening in preseason camp, this <laughs> fan base is going to be. It's a good be, point. Yeah, I mean, being being they're, they're going to be ready to explode by the time kickoff gets here because it was, you know, it was just one of those things. All right, so I'm going to ask you about Elijah Griffith because one of our people in the chat box, uh, Chad says he's neighbors, neighbors with uh, somebody that knows and says the Gamecocks are the clear leader for him, the number two overall prospect in America uh, from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Obviously, him being that little bit across the state line, and that's also, if y'all have seen Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, that's where they raised the Uggas is in Savannah. It's a doll town. Uh, Still, you know, he comes to Carolina a lot, seems to enjoy it. Your thoughts on 2025 stud D-tackle Elijah Griffin? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a Georgia or South Carolina battle for a while. Like I, I reported, I can't even really remember how long ago it was I, I reported that um, months, maybe even closer to a year at this point. It's it, you know he he came to campus last weekend and uh, I think it went pretty well. I, and he's been a lot, like you said, JC. I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many times he's been to Columbia, but um, it's probably close to as many, if not more times, than he's been to Athens. Uh, and I can't remember exactly what the difference in proximity is between uh, Savannah and, and the two schools, but I, I think South Carolina is a little bit closer. Not that that's really going to be a factor, I don't think. It's probably pretty negligible. But, uh, yeah, I mean – Jimmy Lindsay left South Carolina in a pretty good spot with that guy. And uh, it, it helps that, that 
there's more to, to recruiting than just one position coach. And that's part of the, I think part of the, the philosophy around here with, with Shane Beamer and the staff is it's a group effort. It's not just going to be one guy or just, you know, maybe two, it's, it's going to be a team effort. And, and I think that, uh, that, that South Carolina is in a good spot for Elijah Griffin. I, I don't know if, if South Carolina is the clear cut favorite. I, I'm not disputing, uh, what what was just shared in the comments um because i i certainly don't want to uh just overlook georgia just me personally no. but but yeah I, I think south carolina's in as good a spot as they can be for for a guy like that uh and, and you know we'll see see where this thing goes it By helps because say it helps south carolina that uh david Busey, who's committed to south carolina uh, is teammates with elijah griffin and I think they're buddies too. So uh, that that is certainly a feather in it the cap. Might help that uh, might help that Dylan Stewart's committed to South Carolina as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one thing uh, that that people always need to consider. The the best players want to play with the best players. Um, well, that's well, that's why I'm here with Phil and JC. Yeah. yeah. We're all players. Dream team, We're baby. The best of players. See, uh, look, hey. Clark Clark Lee's doppelganger. All right, so I got to ask you about this 2026 quarterback real quick, but I'll tell you. uh, So Athens is almost four hours from Savannah, and a lot of it has to do with you have to take back roads. You can't take highway. Yeah. Um, It's two and a half hours from Columbia. That's significant. That's significant. Still a dog town, though. Hey, dog stronghold. Dog. On the on the Elijah Griffin thing, real quick. I, we've talked about David Sanders before. They're the one and two prospects in the country in the twenty five class. Isn't South mm-hmm. Carolina very heavily in the mix for that uh, th- that tackle out of Charlotte as well? Uh, they no, were. That's, that yeah. They were. Yeah, I think that's been a little bit. Uh, I don't. I don't know how that became a thing. Like he had some good things to say about his visit to South Carolina when he came in April, I guess it was. And for whatever reason, I think folks have sort of misremembered like where exactly things are that like, I don't know. Like, he's a Clemson the, like, kid. Right up the road, but, uh, JC, sorry. Yeah, he's a Clemson kid. I mean, he kind of yeah. Clemson sort of his school, right? Clemson. Uh, and, and they offered a little later, like they always do. Yep. Yeah. Sanders. Okay. So. All right. Well, that makes that makes sense. All right, yeah, Hale, we got a just a few minutes left with you. They'll open camp on Friday morning. We asked John Whittle this question yesterday. Please do not give us the same response he did. Uh, I the, you're going to get to see seven periods of uh, of preseason practice. I asked John what will he be watching. He said probably a lot of stretching. Will you be watching anything else? Uh. <laughs> I will be watching um, special teams. Friends. Special teams. Friends. Special teams drills. Ball security. I'll be watching Seinfeld. Oh, wait. Sorry. Yeah. Running. Special teams. Special running teams. Running from one field to the other. Why will you be watching special teams? Because that's usually uh, part of, of what we see when we get to go watch practice. Okay. Or special teams drills like Pete Limbo. Being aggressive and, and raising his voice, Shane Beamer doing the same, and uh, maybe a freshman getting yelled at because he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. Uh, well, that's, that's normal for day one of practice. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe 
these days you may not be allowed to yell at, at, at football players. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so we might need to uh, keep a close eye on that development. What what are what what are your storylines as camp begins? Yeah, well, I'm I'm really interested to see the linebackers and, and how that shakes out. You know, Clayton White had some pretty big big things to say about about those guys, so I'm I'm curious to see what develops there, primarily with Grayson Howard and, and Stone Blanton. Uh, I'm really really excited to see um, how those two are going to come along. Uh, I don't want to say backup quarterback second, but backup quarterback is, is my second one because that's just supremely interesting to me uh, for for several reasons. Like Lenore Sellers has been awesome since day one, but you know Luke Doty's been around for a while, and 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 Tanner Bailey. Like we, nobody talks about Tanner Bailey anymore. Like he's pretty talented as well. Uh, he's he's still on the team. Um, then you know running back is a pretty big deal, and what's happening there with with the carry on joiner and, and uh, some of those other guys can like Dontavious Braswell uh, emerge, uh, you know, defensive line is, is a concern, but you know, can, can they help make that concern go away by Jordan Strawn coming back uh, from that ACL tear and, and getting closer to hundred percent and ready to roll against North Carolina. Plus, you know, talk to Hemingway, what's he going to be doing? Is he going to be a tackle? Is he going to be an end? Uh, can Desmond, you may step in and, and provide some some snaps uh, in the rotation. And of course, Jatai's Jeer, Syracuse transfer, where, where is he at? Is he a starter? Uh, we, we know he's going to play, but how much is he going to play? Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my quick rundown of, of what I'm excited about to watch. So everything, essentially, is what you're what you're. Yeah, the entire football team, all, all 120 guys, uh, <laughs> all, all 10 assistant coaches, the head coach, all the staff, training staff. Uh, yeah, drink. Right. I don't know if I said them. Nutrition. Uh, oh, nutrition. That was a yeah, big deal a while back. George Wynn, Taylor Edwards, Jessica Jackson, all those folks in recruiting. Um, you know, everybody. It's it's a big big operation, and uh, everybody's uh, important in their own way. Special important in their own way. Well, I, I just remember uh, not long ago when the fuss of the message boards was who is going to take the place of Kristen Coggin. That was a big deal. Football in the South, it never it never disappoints. Hey, we'll let you run on that note. We know you probably got a lot of stuff to get to and get up on the Big Spur. It's going to be a big day at thebigspur.com. Folks, make sure you are checking the website. If you've downloaded the all-new Chief Sports app, you've got it right there in our app as well, so you can pull it up. Hey, we'll have plenty on the commitment of Dylan Stewart and more throughout the afternoon and into the evening. And then, of course, camp, as he just stated, begins Friday morning at, I think, 920 or so. One of the hardest working dudes out there and one of the best, Hale McGranahan. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, fellas. Y'all have a good one. You're the man. There you go, Hale McGranahan with that uh, BigSpur.com website. If you're not subscribing, you should. That is for dang sure. Power Hour is due up next. Can't wait to speak with the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. program you know like carolina rise i mean i I can't stress enough how how important it is to get involved with these with with these programs because that goes straight to our student athletes it goes straight to recruiting it it helps 
tremendously on multiple levels. And I know that it's one of those things you sometimes don't necessarily get to see it or feel it right away, but you will feel it in a negative way if you're not involved on the front end. Carolina Rise has been a huge impact in our program. Um, if you don't have good players, you don't compete, bottom line. And these days, as you mentioned, the 11.7 scholarships uh, is not near enough for what baseball players deserve. We have 35 players, um, yeah. only 27 of which can get scholarships. And we have 11.7 scholarships to divide up among those 27 guys. So you're you're talking about the average player on our team is paying half a scholarship or half half his way to come here. Um, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And, you know, the NIL uh, market has allowed us to help kids afford to come here. It's helped kids to want to stay here. Now, there are guys on our team that would not be here probably without the NIL. And Carolina Rise has been a huge part of that. Um, you look at, we had three draft picks last year that decided to come back to South Carolina I don't know that that happens without the NIL. We appreciate Carolina Rise very much and everybody that's helping to facilitate that and, and help our players uh, is a big part of what we're doing now and what we'll do moving forward. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC.com is where you can find our staff, and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. 
It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Just as your, just as, just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style, and seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Settles in the pocket, launches one deep down the field, wide open at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown Tampa Bay. It's time for Power Hour with Mike Morgan on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Looking deep downfield, rolling out, throws it up in the air, and it is caught, touchdown, Troy Williamson, what a catch. Saturday evening here in Bluegrass Country. Ahead to Buckman, oh. slam, City for Ronaldo Buckman, the 20. 10-5, touchdown. To Frederick, Frederick, lays it in at the buzzer. That's a win. Unbelievable. I don't believe it. Who started with one, pull up three, good if it goes. He got it. He got it. He got it. Carolina wins. Havens gets it high and deep to right. We'll see you at Hoover.
1205 final hour on this first day of August 1st here on Inside the Game Cox the show part of the Chief Sports Network and live now on the Chief Sports app we of course are built by the Barn Dominium Co the barndominiumco.com and it's time for the power hour presented by Palmetto Medicare with the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan. Mike, we'll just get right to the breaking news. I know you don't cover recruiting, so we're not going to ask you to break down his film. But the <laughs> momentum for Shane Beamer just continues. And South Carolina's probably landed the best edge rusher in the country in Dylan Stewart. And what they're doing, you, you used to call the games there. You, you had to follow some recruiting so you'd know, <laughs> you know what was going on. Um, it, it, this is remarkable. Uh, they just continue to string together top talent, and it's not all from the state of South Carolina either. Welcome in, bud. Thanks, man. By the way, uh, you guys outdid yourself. I did not expect that um, that intro. I literally got goosebumps just um, watching and, and listening to some of that. I did not I did not know that was coming at all. Um, very very cool. Um, yeah, you know. And, and by the way, JC and I just we just did uh, JC and Morgan not long ago. I had a, a wardrobe change, JC. See, I already. <laughs> I could, I, I could. The first pod was was so powerful. I had to have a, a change of shirt. Uh, I changed the poster and and the hat. <laughs> there you go. So you had your own wardrobe, and you had a set yeah. design change. Oh, yeah. uh, that's I was that's a theater perfect. theater major, man. Theater, yeah. Major. That's yeah. nation at its best, right there. Um, but you know, so when we signed off, uh. The the on my phone, of course, I've got the chief app, so I get the update on the on the commit there. And then about 20, 25 minutes later, ESPN actually sent the same uh, update on Dylan Stewart. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, ESPN doesn't send a ton of recruiting updates like they're that's just not their thing. Right. But when you get a five star. That's national news, man. That's a big deal. So, no, it's not lost on me. And I and I. I, I go back to uh, Jimmy Johnson's philosophy on how you build a great roster. And he did it at the University of Miami, and then he did it with the Dallas Cowboys. And you can argue this, and you can debate it, and that's fine. But the two areas that I want to accumulate talent first and most, quarterback and D-line. Because if you're going to win, let's let's pay it forward to – the Gamecocks and the SEC. If you're going to be elite in that conference, you better be really good at both those positions. And defensive line is, as JC will tell you, it just seems like all the five stars keep going to the same schools, right? Like Alabama and Georgia, and then, of course, A&M when they started being able to use um, NIL money. Um, yeah, that too. Um <laughs> I guess Michigan, Ohio State probably get their fair share, but like it's tough if you're that next group of programs to get five star D linemen. It just is sometimes even harder to get, you know, a blue chip quarterback who might grow up in your backyard and uh, or or just want immediate playing time. But if you're a five star D lineman, you think you're going to play as a freshman no matter anywhere you want to play, no matter what. So you've got truly your pick of the litter of of best scenarios. I. I I don't think you can overstate how big that is. They beat Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. The, 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 there you go. The, the four, and Miami was the fifth finalist. South Carolina, Miami, uh, Ohio State, Georgia, uh, Alabama. 
No, I don't, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, getting getting Jadevi Clowney was huge, right? But uh, Jadevi Clowney is from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Right, that's right. a little bit different. Correct. That's a, that's Going a, that's to Washington D.C. beating Larry Johnson, who legendary Larry, who uh, at Penn State made a living off recruiting D.C. and Maryland for for Joe Paterno and has done a lot of damage there for Ohio State. Beating him head to head on a guy like that, yeah. I, I've never seen anything like it uh, recruiting wise at South Carolina. I've seen oh, them playing it, good players, but out of state like that, it's very unprecedented. You guys, the beauty, I think, of um, kind of joining forces on this as, as we're going to do, you guys are right in the trenches, right? I mean, you are a hundred, a thousand percent uh, Gamecocks day in, day out. JC, I mean, you're as dialed in in, in recruiting as anybody in the country. And then, I mean, the, this show is as dialed in on, on Gamecock football as anywhere you're going to find. I I get to look at it from a little more macro, from a little bit 10,000 feet above. And what from, from my viewpoint, I, I, I just see where the league is as a whole. Um, and, and, and kind of just I, – I, I, just like when I was there in Columbia, I'm always just thinking to myself, well, what is it going to take? Right, because it's so easy to say. Well, I mean, the Gamecocks yeah. got got great fans, a great stadium, and and uh, you know why why not us and everything else? But what is it really going to take? I mean, and I think the answer obviously starts with recruiting, and and it it starts with those two positions. It starts with quarterback and D line. Now, you've thanks to Shane Beamer and his time at Oklahoma, you've got a potential guy that can play like a five-star quarterback in Spencer Rattler. Okay. There hasn't been a lot of those that have rolled through Columbia over a hundred plus years now. And then you had that stretch where you had all those great defensive players. It seemed like half of which came out of rock Hill, but I remember JC and I talked about this on our talk show years ago. Like that wasn't going to be the norm. You weren't right. going to be able to just get Clowney and Gilmore and, uh, Swearingen and uh, I mean we can go on and on and on. That all yeah, the Marcus Alshon, yeah, all those guys. Right, yeah. I mean, I was thinking specifically defensively, but but yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It was an aberration, right? That they were all there in South Carolina, and and here you. But for the most part, you're not going to be able to do that. And Shane knows that. You like you've got to ex- expand your territory. And I love the idea. I've always loved this. And Lou Holtz did some of this is to, to the Northeast like that is still, there's no reason why I know several Gamecock alums that are from that area and their attitude was, well, I want to get out of the Northeast, but I don't want to go all the way South to like Georgia, Florida, South Carolina was the perfect geographic destination. And from a football standpoint too, this is your gateway into the SEC Northeasterners come to South Carolina, much like Kentucky, their gateway into the SEC. They're not trying to beat kids in Georgia and Florida. That, that's a losing battle for Kentucky. But what they do is they sell Midwestern kids that fall just below the level of Michigan, Ohio State, that, hey, come to Kentucky. You're not that far from home, and you're in the SEC. Well, if you're a Northeastern kid, you could be a five-star guy and not want to – you're not going to play at uh, Rutgers. I know a lot of them traditionally go to Penn State. But you could sell them on the SEC. This is your gateway to the Southeastern Conference. Come to South Carolina. So I, I think that's clearly part of the strategy in recruiting for Shane and his staff. And it makes a lot of sense to me. Mike, there's a, there's a big name still on the board for South Carolina, quite a few of them, 
But I'm going to mention this one just specifically. Uh, Daniel Hill, he's a running back uh, out of Meridian, Mississippi, right, JC? Meridian, Mississippi, I believe, um, which is not too far from T-Town. We all know quite well. Um, and uh, Alabama is, of course, right in the thick of it to bring this young man in as a running back for, for the Tide. I think his, I think it might be his father who's got a, you know, that's that's what he wants to see. Doesn't want to have to travel too far to see his boy play and being a running back at the University of Alabama. You know, there's only a handful of people in the history of the world who could say they did that. However, South Carolina feels pretty good about him, and if they do land him. Uh, that would mean that it, basically two of their – maybe the two top players, I don't know, but two of their top players, definitely the top player in Dylan Stewart, and then Dylan Stewart, they would have beaten Ohio State and Alabama. And you just mentioned elite edge rusher. Now we're talking about elite running back. What what do you think that, would, <laughs> that does to South Carolina from like – it's it's you you look at the staffs at these two schools. Nick Saban has respect for everybody. I know that. I don't know much about Ryan Day. I would imagine he does as well. But neither one of them necessarily have the South Carolina Gamecocks up on the map as a school to have to fend off for the players that we want every year. So what do you think mm-hmm. that would do? What type of signal would that send to some of these programs? Like, hey man, Beamer's got Harbor. He's got this guy. He's got these guys aren't playing around. And you wonder, you wonder if that becomes part of their recruiting pitch to make sure you, you you don't let them get too involved. I'm talking about South Carolina. Yeah, I look. I think so much of recruiting is about momentum, and you you, you have a chance to cash in on what was a really good finish to the season and two landmark victories. That who knows what we're saying about how important those were three years from now, five years from now. And of course, I'm talking about Tennessee and Clemson. The, those Back-to-back, correct me if I'm wrong, those were back-to-back, right? Was there a sandwich game I'm missing? No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, those back-to-back wins, uh, those are program changers. And they're program changers for the time being in the moment, but now you've got to you've got to, you got to capitalize on it. you got to cash in. you got you got your chips. you got to, you got to cash in. And so that's what they're seemingly doing in recruiting now. Um, and you hope that that is able to – propel them into another great recruiting class a year from now as eight, nine, maybe even 10 win seasons are not an aberration anymore, that they're more normal. Um, look, I, I maintain that the three, the three consecutive 11 win seasons obviously is the high water mark of the program's history, but it's also at a different time. It'd be a lot more difficult to do that right now. I think Steve Spurrier would be the first one to tell you. We're about to get rid of divisions, but the East is – much more difficult. The league is much more difficult. Uh, just a lot of things would have to bounce your way to go 11-11-11 again. And even with 11-11-11, those three seasons, none of them culminated in a trip to Atlanta. So I, I think that yeah. if you can just get in that 8-10 to 10 range on a consistent basis where that's not an aberration but that is the norm, and then Shane just—I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Shane just has a uh, a certain persona that I could see why kids want to play for him. It's a positive, it's—it's uh, it's a positive vibe that I think is authentic, and it's backed up by the fact that he's very likable, and it doesn't seem like it's BS. And those things all together are kind of a rare combination. 
so you have that combined with some momentum, combined with a lot of things that, that Carolina certainly does have that's that's in their favor. I mean, I look at the facilities alone, and I think of when I used to walk those halls to go do interviews and what have you in the bowels of the stadium, and I <laughs> compared it to other SEC stadiums, and I'm like, this is not up to speed. Well, that's changed. It really has. Yeah. Like I, South Carolina doesn't have to take a back seat to much of anybody in what they have facility-wise and, and what has kind of grown over the last decade. Oh, I don't know, Mike. I kind of miss the days where you walk around the bubble and someone would whack a tennis ball at you. Meanwhile, you're dodging a <laughs> softball on the other side. And those were fun Pete, days. You know, the guys are yeah. on the track. You know, know. You know, I don't know. I don't know if people truly understand how far Carolina was behind when they joined the SEC. Now, everybody's yeah. improved since then. So, like, sure. Kentucky was behind as well and uh, a number of other schools that have since improved. Heck, Florida just got an indoor facility. It took them forever. How do you? How are you, Florida, and you behind on facilities when you're not that far off three national titles? But they were. But, but I remember just initial impressions in the late '90s and early 2000s, and having a chance to see other uh, facilities out there. And there's no question it was it was an uphill climb. But now, a lot of ground has been made up, and in some cases, it's surpassed some schools that they were behind 25 years ago. So you no longer, you no longer have to apologize for that. You no longer have to say, well, you know, we're still kind of new to this thing and we can't really stack up with LSU and Auburn and Georgia and Alabama. I don't, I don't think that's the case. No, I agree. I, I totally agree. And you know what, JC's talked about this for, I, I know for two years because when we started having him back on JB and Goldwater, um, I remember when you brought this point up, JC, and, and you said it, about the facilities, as a matter of fact, I can't remember the exact quote because I've had a lot of bourbon since then, but to, to summarize this, it was, hey, look, you got to remember, w- they just literally built that facility over there and then COVID hit. So you couldn't even take maximum, you know, uh, you couldn't maximize it. And, and, and so I remember you saying, JC, I think I want to say this was maybe back in late 21, somewhere in there. You said probably still going to take another couple of years uh, for, for you to really see the residual effect of this sucker being up across the street from Williams Price Stadium. Well, here we are. And, and, and you'd like to think that has a, that has a large part to do with it as well as, of course, the job the staff has done in recruiting. Yeah, and when they did the, the Muschamp era and then that pet, the pandemic year when they were – and they had, I think South Carolina at one point lost 19 out of 27 games. There were oh, just thanks. some real asinine comments <laughs> about the facility. Today was a they, good they day. O- they, opened, <laughs> uh, they opened it and basically they opened it and had to shut it down. Yep. You know, couldn't go um, in. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. go in. And, I, and they're like, well, what a good that's done us because we're still ranked 18th. And I'm like, well, this this a, a building is not magical fairy dust, right? You still lost eight of twenty. You still only won eight times of twenty seven games. Okay, mm-hmm. you still had a coaching change, a transition, and, and a new staff comes in here and, and is shut down by COVID for like the first six months. They're there. I mean, they have to put together a class and not talk to anybody. You can't have visitors for six months. I mean, it's enough to drive anybody, and yet they salvaged it or whatever. Uh, and I think I think the facility does help. Does a building get you players automatically? No, but I think when you're trying to build a relationship, uh, and Mike 
and Jamie both, we all were on campus in one way or the other when, I mean, how many rats were in that roundhouse building that Mike McGee used to have his office in? You talking I'm about outside you talking of about certain act, people that I'm, I was about to say, are you talking about actual uh, rats or are you talking about the, exactly, pe- some of the people that exactly were in there? The certain people that worked there at the time, but, uh, you know, I, I just, um, Mike quiet, you know, what I'm saying? you know, it, it, it's not, like I said, it's not, it's not magical fairy dust, but it keeps kids interested and their parents interested. And, you know, just like they had the cookout this past weekend, like a lot of schools do, yeah. you know, this is a lot of, for a lot of the juniors, you know, like rising juniors and sophomores, it's the first time there, you know, and if it's nice, they're going to come back. If it's not as hot as Columbia is during the summer, you're sitting around in a crappy facility with terrible air conditioning. You're not going to want to come back. I mean, you know, so uh, I, I think that's the case. And Mike, Mike's seen a lot of facilities. He's right about Kentucky. Kentucky started investing yep. in stuff. And uh, he's also right about Kentucky's uh, ability to go into Ohio. Kentucky, they don't beat Ohio State on the kids from Ohio very often, but they get who Ohio State just – Barely doesn't want, and, and those are the same kids that have gone to Michigan for years and uh, Michigan State, and, and a lot of teams that beat SEC teams in bowl games, you know. So uh, that's the deal there. Uh, Mike, I want to – tell you what, uh, Phil, let's – let's before I get into this, because this will extend it, um, we're going we're gonna to radio pro this next segment. We're gonna we're gonna feed into the enthusiasm here, Mike. You mentioned something a minute ago, uh, back when Coach Spurrier was going eleven and two, and how it wouldn't be as easy to do that today. And I, I actually don't disagree with you at all. I think that's totally true. But they are about to expand the playoff, so mm-hmm. I want to feed into some of this here in just a second. Hang tight. Yeah. We'll hit a quick timeout. Power hour. This is guys. Y'all are gonna love this. I'm telling you. You get to listen to Mike for two hours a week talk about literally anything, including movies and music, and <laughs> books, and all kinds of killer stuff. You're going to love just it. broke down Jaws with Tom Luganbill in the last part of that segment. <laughs> Which was epic, by the way. <laughs> Which was epic, yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs to listen to Lugs and Morg. Lugs brought his Jaws. fastball today with us. He, he is, was, it, was is it Lugs? Because I, I thought Coach Spurrier called him Lugie. We're not going to stay with Lugie. He probably no. did, but we all yeah. call him Lugs. <laughs> like Spurrier could make up any nickname he wants and get away with it. Yeah, well, Lugie, I was like, well, Lugie. I don't know about that. Right. Let's hit, we'll hit, we'll hit a quick timeout and then, but I want to get into this because Mike, I really want to get your thoughts. Like you said, you see it from an aerial view and it's a good space to go. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks, this show built by the Barndo Co right here on the Chief Sports Network. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. 
Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. There, guys, we all know this. Mike, I, you, you don't have to join in the fandom of it, but we've all been in williams Bryce Stadium on Military Appreciation Day, and that is one of the coolest things in college football uh, that they do. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. And it is Power Hour with our dear friend in the golden tones of Mike Morgan. Yes, and I want to thank uh, some of the – folks that uh, make it possible starting with you guys of course and uh brian spencer who i can see for the uh, folks that see the video he's up there on the right hand corner and you see the the logo palmetto medicare and you see his personal picture and i'm going to tell you he's not a great looking man um i mean i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give it to you straight that's what the power hour is all about he's not a great looking man Uh, he's not a good golfer uh he's not particularly great with his words uh I don't. I don't think he can sing. I, I, I don't know what other value he gives, but I will tell you this: if you uh, and I know we have people that listen and watch of all ages, if you're in the market for a Medicare plan, uh, you or a loved one, you or a spouse, what have you, this is your guy. I've known him for over 20 years, going back to my time in Columbia. He st- started this business in 2005, and it's been terrific for so many people. It's one of those businesses that is a godsend for a lot of people. Very helpful. See, see that bottom scrolling at the bottom of your screen. I, I would trust this guy with any of your Medicare needs. Cover as much Medicare costs as possible. Discuss the best plan that is for you and your family. 803-960-9484. He doesn't do a lot of things well, honestly, but this is the one thing that he does better than anybody in the state of South Carolina. 803-960-9484. Brian, I think you're a fine-looking gentleman, just uh, to put that on the record here. I, I just uh, I don't find him very attractive. So we, we appreciate Brian. And I could have uh, scaled that picture up a little bit, but I, got a well, great I agree here. with Mike. I mean, I kept it a little small. You know. Do, are we going to play? Are we playing hot or not? Is that what we're going to do? Hot, hot or not? <laughs> Brian, Brian Spencer, pump that Medicare, hot or not? I gotta go with hot. Not okay. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna go with hot just for fear of blowback, but um, I'll uh, I'll defer to you on that. But uh, yeah, certainly, really appreciate Brian and Palmetto Medicare eight zero three nine six zero nine four eight four. Okay, so you mentioned Mike. Uh, it would be difficult to go eleven and two in today's world, building it, especially you know, especially walking in and building it. Let me add on to that a little bit too. I don't know that you get as much time as Steve got. Coach Spurrier got 05, 06, 07, Absolutely. 08, and 09. You know, well, that I was- remember doing my show, and there were a lot of people that wanted him gone. 
Absolutely. They, all the little snide comments, they didn't like it. They didn't necessarily find his sense of humor good. They didn't know if his heart was really into South Carolina. Uh, you know, was was he kind of, dare I say, washed up? I mean, I heard a lot of that. Didn't agree with it, but I heard a lot of it uh, on my show during that time because it's not like they came out of the gates in 05 and just started beating up everybody. Um, there were there were some disappointing losses, it seemed like, every year, and it was like the fight to stay the game above 500, uh, you know, but basically like be a 7-6, and 7-5 and five type program. And that's not what you bring in Steve Spurrier to do. But then it turned around. And we talked about a couple of those recruiting classes back then and the players. And then I thought Steve will never get enough credit for this. Steve Spurrier basically changed his philosophy on how to coach. Uh, what offense worked for South Carolina was not what worked for Florida. Uh, he became more defensive minded. I mean, there were decisions that Steve Spurrier made at South Carolina that I never saw him make at Duke or Florida, you know, fourth down and one, let's punt it. Let's play some field position here. Let's let's, let, we don't have to get it all right here. Um, more conservative, more conservative plays third and third and five. Do we need to risk an interception and look at the coverage? What are they, how are they playing us? Okay. They're playing us to pass. Let's, let's take the easy yardage here like that. That's what a hall of fame coach, not all hall of fame coaches do that. Some are like, Hey, this is my system and I do it. And that's, that's what I'm going to do until it works. Steve realized uh, he needed to adjust the way he did things, and he did so eventually in Columbia, and the, the benefits were obviously outstanding. It, 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 of course, started to slither away when he made the two- to three-year comment. But, Mike, as far as building a program goes, the playoff is about to go to 12 teams. Hmm. And if you are th – this could be, again – playing into the enthusiasm of the of the morning and now the afternoon for Gamecock football on the heels of a major recruiting win today with Dylan Stewart here. You, you can you can if you're a South Carolina fan, it's okay to kind of start to envision these two things possibly coming together. And, and what I'm getting at here is you're gonna have a larger uh playoff and you're signing really good players. And so there might be a while the league is is incredibly difficult and it's only going to get more difficult with the additions of both Texas and Oklahoma. I understand that, but that one year that you get to ten and two, uh, maybe you don't you know you don't win the SEC with that more than likely, but you get to ten and two, Mike. Those ten and two SEC teams are going to be in the mix to be in the college football. Oh, yeah. All of them are. No and question. You see what I'm, I'm sorry, saying? No, no, I, I just want to make sure you, you understood what I was getting at here, that there's, yeah, yeah. there's a chance these two things could be colliding for, for some good stuff. Yeah, I, I think that, look, when this thing expands next year, the, the rare year, the exception of the rule will be the SEC doesn't get four, at least four, at the 12. I think where we're headed, that will be the norm. Four, four SEC teams in the playoff, will be the norm. Uh, I don't even know if we're going to have a pack 10 at that <laughs> point. So now you're down to four, quote-unquote, power leagues, right? So where are the other eight teams going to come from? Okay, Michigan, Ohio State, then what? Clemson, maybe Florida State, then what? So And then you've got your one uh, group five team that'll – That'll get in there every year, but I mean, 
there's no reason to think the SEC isn't going to average four-plus teams every playoff. So turning it back to the Gamecocks, it's okay to concede the point that it might not happen anytime soon that Carolina is going to overtake Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and start winning SEC championships, okay? Right. But you don't. that's not the only path to get to a college football playoff. You could finish fourth in the SEC and still find yourself in, in the playoff. And the playoff in college football is going to be, in my opinion, what the NCAA tournament is in basketball. Like, you either make it and stay extremely relevant or you don't, and it's like, oh, okay, we'll go to the Outback Bowl. That's that's nice. But if you're in the 12, you don't have to win it. Just get there. That is such a huge deal. That's going to be like, like you, you've got a Final Four banner right now at Colonial Life Arena for Frank Martin, right? They didn't win the national title. They didn't win the game. They're 0-1 all-time in the Final Four. That banner is always going to mean a ton, and it's something to brag about. Same thing in the college football playoff. You, if you're fortunate enough to get in there and be one of those 12, that's a banner. That's something in that stadium painted somewhere. Uh, that's celebration. That's rings for the players. And you're you're now in a distinguished group of programs to say, yes, we were a playoff program. That, to me, is what you're thinking realistically if you're a Gamecock fan. Like, okay, what does the next level look like in the new climate of college football? It's not winning SEC championships and overtaking the 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 cabal that uh, has dominated this league now for a while. It's let's win enough in this league that we get to the playoff and become a playoff program. You know, once every however many years, maybe it's one out of every three, one out of every four, something. Uh, but to me, that would signify progress more than just well. This year we played in a more prestigious bowl game than last year. I think is is the Citrus Bowl more pre- prestigious than the Alamo? Yes, I get. I don't know. Um, and the hope is, of course, that in the twelve team playoff, players are going to be less likely to opt out, which is a whole other discussion. But uh, my hope is that that'll be less likely. I, I, I think. Right. I always think South Carolina could. <laughs> realistically could get to the level and, and you know once you win for a while you know it's hard it's hard to go back i mean you, you know you can establish it i think the difference between shane beamer and steve spurrier uh as far as like recruiting goes is spurrier would have a great class than a down class a great class down class he got enough talent together to make it happen and then at the end it fell apart the recruiting did because he didn't like to, I mean, he didn't really it's not that he hated recruiting; he didn't really relish it, you know. And, and at Florida, when he got it rolling, he didn't have to recruit at all. It recruited itself. I mean, I'll never forget the story. Rex Grossman shows up to see him. Coach, there's a quarterback here to see you. That's a, from where? It's from Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, shoot, he, yeah, we don't recruit Indiana. Oh, hell, I watch his tape. And he watched his tape. He's like, oh, come on in, Rexy, <laughs> you know. And, and, and at Florida, you could get the top third – uh, the bottom third of the top 33% of the players in Florida and have a team that can win a national championship. Hmm. I mean, think about all, think about what Miami and Florida state were doing during the time he was at Florida talent wise, and he was dominating that. And so I think when he got it ro- rolling at Carolina, he just thought, well, shoot, I hired just any old person to come coach for me in Gainesville. And we had it rolling and we kept rolling. I can do the same here. And that, that the game's changed. It's a, it's a different school. You have to go recruit. 
I think Beamer's much more capable of stacking classes on top of classes on top of classes. And I think with expanding the base, Mike, like you said, and working north to south, you know, what's another school that's had to go out of state quite a bit to build a championship level roster in the SEC? Tennessee under Philip Fulmer. Absolutely. Uh, they had to go and still do. cherry pick here, there, and, and yonder. Yeah, they still do. Now, Tennessee, the state of Tennessee has more players now because the population in Nashville and all that. But it used to be, you know, six guys from in state, and the rest were out of state, and they just go bust their butt and do it, break a lot of hearts, right? Beamer's not there yet, but but doing things like what happened today and, and, and getting a kid out of Mississippi that Alabama wants and getting – you start piecing that together, and it, it, it is realistic. You could put together an extremely talented roster and, and get to that top four in, in the league. Uh, taking the Gamecock color glasses off of it, there's a lot of good players in South Carolina. There's just not the numbers, you know, and, and, and South Carolina's all of a sudden dominating the state again and recruiting. It's like they used to. No uh, you go and find other pockets to get quality guys to where you're not reaching on those third-tier guys from Georgia or fourth-tier guys from Florida. You're getting dudes. I think as long as you, you're pretty well coached, I think you can get there. And, uh, and I always thought a good school to kind of, you know, not necessarily Tennessee because they want it all and all that, but right now that get to Auburn-level results. Mm-hmm. Auburn is one of the better programs in the country, right? Um. Most of the time, Auburn's an eight to ten win football team. Most of the time, uh, sometimes less lately, you know. But they have those years where they cycle up, where they may have a special player like Cam Newton, or uh, things just fall their way like it did in twenty thirteen, uh, or they have those two backs like they did in uh, 04 when they got pooped out of playing for the national title. Uh, I, I think that you know, top end, ceiling end. I think that's uh, I think that's realistic for this program. It's going to take a lot of work to get there, and I don't know that they will. But I think that's realistic to to shoot for that kind of program, like the kind of program Auburn has right now. Phil, do we still have a break to get to? We still have one final break, right? Wait, one more. One. More. Let's 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 hammer that, Mike. I uh, Florida State uh, could. I don't know. Who knows whether they exit the ACC or not? But uh, my question to you would be. Would they exit alone? So let's, I'm going to let you answer that when we get back. Let's hit this final timeout and then we'll give you the final 20 minutes here to kind of take us down that road. Big day for Gamecock football. Dylan Stewart committed out of the DMV, five star defensive end, third, third highest rate recruit ever for South Carolina football. And the gentleman in the top left corner, if you want to call him that, JC Sherbert has been nailing this for about nine months that he was coming and he has. Arrived. We are live from the Sinorama Studios and teed up by Traveling Country Club. The Power Hour with Mike Morgan. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Mo Coppola from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. Let me paint something.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside 
all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. long till you see dylan stewart walking around those grounds <laughs> or, or or jc schubert that's right old shub nation going to be back in town in six days uh part-time as he was announced to people coming you know. home hey did you did you ever get the hockey jersey fixed by the way it's at the uh taylor's yeah the, uh, did you ever I, did you ever hear that story i'm not sure if i'm familiar with this one oh. tell, tell, what tell is the uh Tell the What's story. on the jersey? <laughs> Schubert. All right, so. Oh, no, 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 no. I have, I'm sorry. I have heard yes. this. Yeah, they typed his, <laughs> his name wrong. Yeah. 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 And I, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I waited for like two months to get this jersey, right? Because it's like the Gamecock, Gamecocks play club hockey. It was pretty popular. And their jerseys are sweet. They say like cocks and like cursive letters, and they got rogue looking chickens on it. I mean, it's a bit Is this ice hockey? Yeah, yeah, ice hockey. They, yeah, they play yeah. club, club ice hockey. hockey. They wow. play Georgia and Clemson, and, and they're, those they're games good. are pretty, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. They, uh, you yeah, know. so they just so, released so, the schedule yesterday, too, for this year's. Yeah, yeah, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. I mean, I guess I they play Florida. I guess, 
have hockey in Florida. Yeah, they, they, it's, a, it's a big deal. I mean, they, they probably get a couple thousand a game there, too. You yeah. know? I don't know where they play it, but uh, they do. So they find, they find a rink in there. But anyway, <laughs> so I go, and uh, and I'm like, I got to get me one of these jerseys, man. They they're just too unique looking. And I, I was like, and hell, I'll just go for broke and get my name on the back, get my old football number, 11, and basketball number, 11. <laughs> and was my dad's number, 11. Uh, and I, I got it, and, you know, you're supposed to type your name in it. And I waited two months for this thing because it was like – I kept getting emails – these are custom ordered, and so we have to take our time and all this other stuff. So it finally comes during the show one day, and they drop it at the front door. I sprint downstairs because I'm so excited. I rip the packaging open. I take it, and I'm like right here. I'm like, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. And I put it on, and I turn around, and I hear Jamie go, Schubert? And then Phil goes, um, Schubert, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I like, Did they spell my name wrong? Like, yeah, you're missing the second R, or first R. <laughs> and I went back and looked because I was about to be mad. And uh, let's just say I misspelled my own name when I was older. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what alcohol does. To me. You can't even spell your damn name anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm, I don't know. I can't guarantee you I hadn't had a few beers when I ordered that thing, especially I when I decided to put my name on it. That's not really something I normally would do. No uh, late so night orders. <laughs> I took it for I took it to the the embroiderer that I use up here, and I or oh. she's she's a Lithuanian, Lena Lena. But Lena has been very busy. She said I'll be very busy. I can't get to this for a while, so um, maybe it'll be back to me by the start, start of football. Maybe you season can go to a game this fall with that jersey on. Now that you'll be down here a couple weeks a month. Probably too hot to wear a hockey jersey in Columbia, right? Well, not 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 in a building with ice in it. I mean, <laughs> you think? Oh, you mean a hockey game? Yeah, 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 yeah. hockey game. So, hockey. Can you? Yeah, ice let's skate? talk about. It. I actually can. <laughs> I haven't ice skated in, oh goodness, fifteen years. I, I, I used to. You probably go ice skating, right, JC? Instead of going snow skiing, when I used to go on ski trips with uh, my church when I was in high school. And risk breaking my leg. Um, I will go ice skating, and I learned how to do. It. It's actually easier than roller skating. If I mean, it's a, I've I bust my butt roller skating now, but uh, never ice skating. So, wow, it's, uh, it's actually fun. I haven't been in years. Can Can you pull a triple uh, lutz? No triple no, no lutz. <laughs> I'm just I'm standing there with my arms. I'm like a like a toddler. Yeah, but don't fall. Yeah, you know. Let's talk about this Florida State thing because we brought it up on J.C. and Morgan. Yeah. And uh, uh, Quantrell, the chat box, says they're going to the Big Ten. I'm just not buying it. And if and – if, and Big if, Ten. Big 12. Big Ten. Oh, Big Ten. Oh, he yeah, thinks the, the Big rumor Ten. is – The Who rumor this sure is it's been on blogs and, and like, like some of these rogue blogs. And yeah, Twitter, I wouldn't mean anything to me. But, but, but who, the fans who, are yeah. starting to believe it. So, who put and, and our, our, our Florida State guy actually did say – he wouldn't be surprised if there was something voted on at Florida State on August 15th. It has to be I by t- the 15th. I, yes. Yeah, I got a text yeah. from somebody tied in with Clemson that said Clemson to the Big Ten. Now, he's right sometimes and wrong sometimes. I mean, you know, just like everybody. I, I just think this, and, and I'll let Mike run with this. When these moves have happened, these gigantic earth-shattering moves, it's never been the blogs – you know, I, I think I think A and M to the SEC was sort of known 
But nobody called Missouri until the news broke. Nobody called Texas and Oklahoma until uh, Swearingen down there and or, or, or whatever the guy's name is, the, the reporter that broke it at Media Days last year. UCLA and USC came out of nowhere. I just can't see it being like something that some of these people know that other people don't, like connected people, and then being right on it. Uh, that just has never happened. I uh, I am in the same camp as JC. I, I I do not. I have not seen a scenario that is spelled out how if you left the ACC in that contract for another league, how you're going to not lose money in the deal. What would what it would require is the destination league, let's say it is the Big Ten, to fork over a bunch of money to fill that hole uh, and, and basically almost floating that program until that penalty, the, the grant and rights for, uh, penalty, is up. There's a reason why these programs haven't seriously entertained leaving the ACC already. It's because they can't. It's because of the contract. That contract has not changed. Florida State has already kind of made a flex move. Remember last year? It was all this like, oh, we're, 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 about, we're about tired of this now. I mean, we're, 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 we're done. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Well, we're mad. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Well, people love us. They would love us in their conference. Yeah, go ahead and try to make that deal. What, yeah. what, how are you going to do it? Right. So unless some really creative backdoor entrance to, to make this happen has come up that nobody else has seen for the last 12-plus months, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Uh, the contract is what keeps Clemson and Florida State, and maybe more, maybe North Carolina, maybe Virginia, from moving it's the contract so look i've said this before greg sankey and now petiti of the big 10 are the only two conference commissioners that truly can put their head on the pillow every night and know that none of their team's programs want to leave and are going to flirt and have wandering eyes every other league in the country has to play defense a little bit the big 12 is playing defense the pack is the pack is like Playing defense, I'll stay with your hockey analogy. It's like playing defense, but your goalie has two torn ACLs and a broken hand. So they're not stopping any. The pucks just keep going right through, right into the net every single time. They pulled the goalie. They pulled the goalie. The pack pack has pulled the goalie. Um, But the ACC has to worry about that. The Big 12. You know, they're still a little bit scarred from losing the two, but I think they've done a remarkable. I'm impressed by their commissioner. But Yormack, like he's got it, he's got it. Klyovkov, Larry Scott doesn't before him, doesn't have it. No, the Big Ten commissioner before the current one, who screwed up COVID and had to retract <laughs> on that, and then they're still cleaning up his TV mess. Um, yeah, I'm not saying Jim Phillips is a bad commissioner of the ACC either. I, I mean, he he kind of walked into what he walked into, but he's got he's got to wake up every morning knowing. I got programs that desperately want to get out of my league, and that's that's a tough spot to be in. But right, no, I just don't see it happening right in the immediate future. I just don't. I I have some per, I have some questions um, that that I, I I think will will help here. Um, for, first of all, to coach uh, whoever you are, 
He says, hello, guys. Active duty Coast Guard on leave today. I watch the show. I watch every show after work. Thank you so much. Really appreciate, uh, first and foremost, your commitment to uh, the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, But thank you for watching us as well. If you've missed this news, download the new Chief Sports app, and you can watch us while you're on the boat, wherever you are in the world. So thank you so much uh, for, for that. Mike, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Who are the? What are the two brands in the ACC that you think? Let's say it was it, wide open. Go in and get go go in and get whoever you want. You're the SEC, the Big Ten, whomever you are. Who are the two most important brands in the league? In the ACC. In the ACC. It's Florida State and Clemson. I'm not sure it's even that close. Really? Um, okay. Now, now not just, just one brands. Brand. No, I'm not, yeah, but I'm not just talking about football either now. I'm talking about overall brand of the athlete. What about North Carolina? You're not just talking about football, but in a way you're really talking about football because that is the financial Sure. Uh you know I love me some college basketball and it is a factor. Um but it is not nearly it's like a 4 to 1 quotient if you will. All right. Football All right. To basketball. Okay, so let's let's transition that then. Uh, what what matters when leagues uh, when leagues add athletic departments into them? Is it is it TV dollars or what what matters? Yeah, uh, g- good question. Because here's the, the distinction that has to be made compared to what it was before. Uh, like when Missouri and A and M entered the league, it was as much about market size, getting St. Louis getting Texas and expanding the footprint uh, for the launch of the SEC network. We're not launching conference networks anymore. They've already been launched. So yeah, market size is a bonus, but brand trumps market size. Uh, when when you put a game on TV, it's not the school from the biggest market size that gets the best ratings. It's the team with the biggest brand. And the two within that conference are Florida State and Clemson right now. And people say Miami. I mean, Miami, Miami's got some, they got some things to figure out. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're they're playing their football games at at a stadium that is nowhere near campus. I mean, nowhere near campus. They can't put pe- fannies in the seats. They've been bad. They they just their sugar daddy just got he's now under a lot of uh, investigation. Um, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Google it. John Ruiz. That's him. Um, I, I, and you just, I mean, Clemson's got two national titles in the last 10 years. They are a brand, uh, Florida state is certainly a brand. So to me, North Carolina and Virginia, that doesn't mean that, for example, if the SEC expanded, that they would go after Florida state and Clemson ahead of Virginia and North Carolina, because the, the SEC looks at it differently. The SEC has got brand they're oozing brand okay and they might look at it as expanding the footprint not because of market size i mean if you've been to charlottesville i get it dc's not that far off um but i i i would not rule out north carolina virginia if the sec added two a lot of people will assume if florida state clemson well they've already got a program in florida and they've already got a program in south carolina so I don't know if the SEC is anxious to get those two brands. The Big Ten, however, they would. I would certainly think they would jump at it if they could. As ambitious as they have been, they're constantly, okay, anything you can do, SEC, I can do better in the form of adding brands, which is what they just did 
with the two California schools. That would make them a true nationwide conference. You'd be yeah, connecting you the West Clemson, Coast Florida to the East State. Coast. Which is pretty much what they are now. Right. And I could see that happening, too. I mean, the North, North Carolina and Virginia academically would certainly be uh, fits in the Big Ten, like school profile-wise. The SEC, though, and the, and the reason I do think if the SEC does expand, the, the UNC and Virginia are at the top of the list. They like – Think about this. They love flagship institutions. Right. The, I mean, think about who they, the University of South Carolina, the University of Arkansas, the University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. A&M is kind of a co-flagship. Well, then they go add the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Right. Yeah, the University of North Carolina, University, University of Virginia. You have just about – yeah, you have every flagship institution in the, in the South. Yeah, yeah. I – I, I agree, and I think, I, I think again, every conference looks at who's they would covet the most differently for different reasons. Uh, but it's definitely different than um, what it was ten years ago, where it's just about yeah getting market sizes and and just trying to help launch a network and and get into more cable households. Now we're we're, we're past that point. It's it's a different climate now. And I'll just say this, and we've talked about this a bunch on JC and Morgan. You know. It, I'm sure there are people out there wondering why was I so obsessed with Colorado, which we've been talking about for a while, leaving because this is the chain reaction that uh, I I was very confident would happen. Once Colorado did that, now the pack is in full d- defensive mode, and the vultures are out to, to gobble up more. Uh, you know, from what I'm reading now, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah—they're kind of working in concert with one another. So if the Big 12 adds one, they'd probably add all three. Now all of a sudden the Big 12 is a 16-team league and a pretty good one at that. Um, but the, the SEC and the Big 10, it's like 1980s Cold War stuff. It's America and Russia. I mean, they are both keeping an eye on what each other do. And there's no question neither one of them have to do anything, and they're already going to be the top leagues in college football for a long, long time. I mean, we, we no longer have a power five. We have a power two, and then there's a big gap, and then there's whatever's left with the ACC, the Big 12, and whatever is left of the pack. But what makes the, 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 the chain reaction, the domino effect truly happen is that the Big 10, if they see this as an opportunity to pounce on somebody, well, then all of a sudden, now the SEC, which feels very, and I take Greg Sankey at his word, feels very good about the 16 he has, has no need or want to add more but if the big 10 added two heavyweights now all of a sudden the sec probably gets a little more aggressive they start answering those phone calls a little bit more than they have so a simple thing like colorado a program that has done next to nothing in the last 10 years jumping a sinking ship for the big 12 can set off all kinds of bombs here but to the to all the internet um Rumors out there. I just don't think it's going to happen that quickly in the Big Ten. Uh, well, as it as it pertains to the ACC schools leaving, I don't see that in the near future. I I just I just don't see that. Who knows, Mike? I mean, it just we've we've we do this every single year now between the months of pretty much July and August, and then they start playing football, and everybody forgets about it until it happens. Uh, it used to be coaching changes were the most – like yeah. that was the most exciting story in college football for the week. 
these things trump that by a country mile because these oh, things yeah, change yeah. the landscape of college football. They don't just change the landscape well, of a particular program. And we're, we're having this conversation from a business standpoint. The fact of the matter is, if you have it from a wins and losses standpoint, a, fanat- a fanatical standpoint, if you're Clemson or Florida State, you're an absolute idiot to want to get out of the ACC when it comes to getting into the college football playoff and things like that. You've got to no build question. It. Well, I think Dabo looks at it the way Bobby Bowden looked at it in the early 90s 100%. when they declined a, a, an invitation to the SEC. And Bobby Bowden, in typical Bobby fashion, was, well, hey, why would I want to do that? I mean, that, that that's a tough league. I'm, I'm happy where I am. You know, yeah. I'm sure he's right. Though. He was right. He was 100% right. I think for- and, and I think Dabble yeah. looks at it that way too, but he also knows if if they're getting trumped by twenty million dollars a year in TV money, maybe even closer to 30, 40 as time moves along, can you sustain that gap? Can you make it up in Ipte and other type of donations? I don't know if you can. I'm just praying Clemson goes to the Big Ten and that and that group gets a road game at Minnesota <laughs> in November. <laughs> or Northwestern, and, and, or, and, yeah. Iowa. Half those, half those guys probably league. don't even. Champagne half of them probably be like, half of them probably like, hey, go Tigers! I, 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 I didn't even bring any long sleeves because you know the Metrodome is very warm. Uh, Bubba, they don't play in the Metrodome anymore. They have an outdoor stadium. Outdoor, and so they're going about like outdoors. this. This orange emergency roadside cruise stuff, and they're up there doing Tiger Rag, freezing to death in the roadside orange. And Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Southern Cal and UCLA look like Psyche Coffee he- headed to the Olympics in 1992 or whatever it was. There, did you, so did you make your bobsled team? Like, hey, how's that road game at, at Wisconsin in November working out for you, yeah. Trojans? <laughs> it's freezing, bro. They're, they're literally going to look like the Jamaican bobsled team when they get off the plane. Like, <laughs> we're la- yeah, we're laughing at that, but truth is – if you're Southern Cal, you know, you suck it up for a couple road games in November. It's 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 well worth the move. Like I, yeah, I, for I the get money. why yeah, for the money. Yeah. yeah. For the money. The, <laughs> I mean you see where the pack is headed now. Like they they're they're gonna be just fine. And it, it I that move to the Big Ten is only gonna help their profile, which I, I you know, I still maintain college football is at its best when you do have a Southern Cal that's a heavyweight. Like yeah. That everybody has seen that map now, right? Where it's like the last, I don't know, fifteen national championships, and it's it's this strand in the southeast that goes from like Louisiana to, I guess Clemson. Would that be the most south, north? Yeah, state of South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So and it, that's it. Like you, you like Ohio you have state. the Ohio State in twenty fourteen, and, and that's the, the, everyone but that that's one it. is in that strand. That's not really good for the sport. I realize not everybody cares about the good of the sport. Some people are like, I don't care about the good of everybody else, just the good about me. But I don't want to see the sport just completely be – we're already oh, at the point where it's insanely predictable, right? Like, I got a dark horse. I think I think Michigan wins it, not Georgia. Wow, really going out on a limb there. I mean, like, <laughs> that's where we are. That's, that's where point. we are. Like, like somebody emailed us on on the on JC and Morgan. Who do you think? What coach wins their first national championship? And it got me to thinking. Like, 
I said uh, Brian Kelly at LSU, but it didn't just say it because I think Brian Kelly is a really good coach. I said it because he's at LSU. If Brian Kelly was still at Notre Dame, I wouldn't have said Brian Kelly. If Brian Kelly was at 90% of the other programs in Division I college football, I probably wouldn't have said Brian Kelly. But because he's at LSU, it's a pretty safe bet. Because Lincoln Riley's at Southern Cal, it's a pretty safe bet. We, we have gotten to the point where there's maybe five, six, seven programs that we truly believe have a chance to win a national championship every year, and everybody else is playing for something else, which is why we desperately needed playoff expansion, which thankfully we'll have next year. I would even go a little bit further to say that there's seven, but by the time it, the season kicks off, there's really only four. Agreed. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, oh, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. There's you seven know. in August. There's four in September. I guess JC decided he'd had enough of today. <laughs> JC uh, just tapping out. I mean, I, I, I look. TCU is a great story, but you may you may not see TCU again for a long, even in a 12 team playoff. That's that's going to be really tough to do. Yeah, that twelve team playoff, and is then they got smoked, and that, you know that. Unfortunately, that just reminded everybody that's been the issue with the playoff. Is is a lot of these Notre Dame is another example of a team yeah. that gets in there, and you're all we all have the conversations. Do they deserve to be in or not? And then the ones that generally you feel like don't deserve to be in there go in there and get their rear ends kicked. That's right. That's so, right. You know, I mean, but the twelve team playoff, it's going to take time. It will take time. Uh, but down the road, you know, I think it will build a stronger base, or at least it'll widen the base of of teams that can go in there and play. I mean, somebody has to win the games, so right. you know they are going to play them. Someone has to win, and then they'll keep moving on, and it'll still be Georgia and Alabama that win it every year. So, anyways. you think no twelve team playoff would have weeded out TCU earlier? Like, you think they fall in the first round? Probably. So, so I, don't five, I don't know about the first round. I don't know about the first round, but yeah, I think final four. I don't think they would have made it to the title game. That's no. that's for sure. I think um, you would have seen Alabama in the final four. Personally, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agreed. You should agreed. have seen Alabama. <laughs> well, that's you know. the other thing because you got the, you know, there's always these, you know, your record says what you know, your record is a direct reflection of your team, and there's that's always going to be a mentality. Even yeah, though and it I may think not be true. People have Alabama fatigue, so they lose two yeah. games by a combined four or five points, and it's like, yeah, let's Amazing. keep them out. Yeah. Uh, but nobody wanted to play Bryce Young in Alabama in a playoff last year. Nobody. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, they, I they, they certainly could have competed uh, with anybody out there, including Georgia. But look, Georgia was the best team. We'll see if they're the best team this year. We will certainly find out. This is, uh, again, it's going to be fun. Here's the good news for everybody. Uh, we, we know everybody's still here except for one of the hosts, JC. Uh, <laughs> <That's right. you laughs> <know? laughs> we we got all of you. Uh, so heat exhaustion. Good. JC's yeah. out there, 98-degree heat. He's wearing his pads. Hey, he finally had to tap out. It's humid out there on the lake. It is. Jersey, yeah. He went to cool down in his cock hockey jersey. He did. Um, did. But good news, everybody. Mike will be back on Thursday for another power hour. I look uh, forward to it. Excited about that. And I do want to thank again Brian Spencer, Palmetto Medicare, and uh, you know he's uh, making this possible and, and does great work. And again, that's one of those businesses, unlike a product that is kind of a you know a toy or what have you, like a new car or something else. It's something that. If you're around that age, or we'll all get there some sometime, hopefully, uh, you want to make sure you've got somebody to help you out and get the best financial situation you can. So call that number, 803-960-9484. I joke about 
uh, Brian, but uh, he's actually a, a terrific dude who is excellent at what he does. Yeah, too. I absolutely 100% agree on that. And and for those of you who, uh, who are concerned about looks, apparently don't be concerned about looks <laughs> with uh, Brian Spencer yeah, and uh, Palmetto Medicare. In truth, he's actually in better shape than all of us combined, but uh, it's a lot right of I just say he's not. Hot. <laughs> uh, thanks to uh, Hale McGranahan for joining us in hour number one. And uh, what a day for Gamecock football, the commitment of Dylan Stewart. It's a, it's a nice time to gain one of the top players in the country heading into fall camp, which will kick off on Friday morning at 920. We will have plenty of coverage of that throughout the week as well. Mike will be back on Tuesday for Power Hour, Thursday for Power Hour Brought to you by Palmetto Medicare as well. Thanks to JC, as always, and all of you. Reminder, tell your friends, parents, neighbors, and the whole nine yards, enemies, uh, that the Chief Sports Network is up and the Chief Sports app is out. And you can access us from anywhere in the world with that. Look through it, too. Some fun stuff, including high school football scoreboards and so on and so forth. For Phil and Mike and JC and JB, we'll see you tomorrow on Inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barndoco.